0: The thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Ose Yao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry in Kumase, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. One word Can heal any disease Great
1: opportunities are mine. Shall we say it? Great opportunities are mine. Come with me to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Let's read it together. One goal. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born, and a time to, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted. Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse two to four. Ecclesiastes seven two through four. Better to spend. Let's read this. One go. Better to spend your time at funerals than at parties. What a shock. How many ways? How many of you love parties? How many of you love funerals? Amazing. You love party? Lift up your hands. Oh, you don't love parties? You don't like weddings? May you have weddings. Yeah. Solomon is speaking. He says, better to spend. He was actually, let's start from verse one because he was talking about a number of things that are better. Verse 1. Verse 1 says. A good reputation is more valuable than costly perfume. And the day you die is better than the day you are born. Wow, can you imagine that? (laughs) Better to spend your time at funerals than at parties. After after all, everyone dies. So the living will take this to heart. Three, so it's better than laughter. For sadness has a refining in Verse 4. A wise person thinks a lot about death. While a fool thinks only about having a good time. In this service, we would want to think a moment about death. How many of us are wise? Solomon says a wise person thinks about death. So we want to be wise for a moment. Do you remember that every time somebody who is great and lofty, high in society, passes, all of a sudden everybody begins to think about death. When a uh, uh Mr. And Mr. Arthur past or I don't know whether it's or Tuesday or something. Or oh, Friday. Friday. I'm sure people in their closets. Oh dead. How? What a shock. But after a week, after a month, it will be gone. That's why Solomon is saying that it's, now when Solomon was making these statements, it was at the latter part of his life. After the latter part of his life, he had some people believe that it was when. He went wayward. You know, Solomon loved God and walked with God up to a certain point. Then at a certain point, he went off. And when he became born again, or got restored to God. That's when he began to write uh, Ecclesiastes in particular. That's what uh, a number of theologians believe. But he says, A wise person thinks a lot about death, while a fool thinks only about having a good time. Luke chapter 16 verse 19 to 31. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fed sumptuously every day. This season you will eat very well. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus full of souls who was laid at his gate. You will not beg. I said you will not beg. Don't see that Lazarus was begging and say ah but Lazarus begged and entered heaven. where. Abraham did not beg; he is also in heaven. Amen. So you make your choice. You will not die a beggar. Amen. Give me a, a believing, Amen. The Bible said, "Desiring to be fed with crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his holes. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by angels to Abraham's bosom. Can you see one who never rode or? drove a Rolls Royce. When he died, angels came. They were his palanquin. Carried him on their shoulders and brought him into Abraham's bosom. The rich also died and was buried. What a difference. Will you be buried or will you be carried? May you be carried when you end. Yeah. By the time this service is over, I'm sure you'll be able to answer that question very well. If by the time we are through with this service, you come to a place where you can make sure that that question is answered very well, honestly, between you and God, then this service would have been a success. The Bible said, he was buried. And when he was buried, it didn't end there. Being in torment, he in Hades or hell. He lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar of Lazarus in his bosom. Verse 24. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus. That he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. It's amazing. Somebody who used to take bottled water. Never took sachet water. Now is looking for a dip of the finger in water to drink. But Abraham said, son, remember that in your lifetime. Somebody say "My my lifetime. My lifetime. I will give God my life my lifetime I will give God my life if I give God my life he He will will take care care of me me. he He will will never never let me down I will give God my If I give God my lifetime He will take care of me He will never He will never, never, never let me down I will give God my lifetime He said remember that in your lifetime Remember in your lifetime Even if you forget will come, where the Bible says your lifetime will be played back to you. A day will come that your lifetime will be brought back to you. The number of hours you spend behind Guinness bottles will be brought back to you. The number of times you thought you had a good time with ladies in hotel rooms, though you were married, it will be brought back to you. The number of times you cheated and falsified documents in your office, it will be brought back to you. He said remember that in your lifetime, remember, You receive good things. And likewise, Lazarus, evil things. But now he's comforted and you are tormented. In death, may you be comforted. You see, sometimes (laughs) when someone loses a family, I'm sure Mr. Uh, Christiata's family, they are grieving by now. But you see, when you die without a relationship with God, It's not only you, your family, that grieves. You yourself will be grieving. On the other side, when you begin to come face to face with torment. Then he says, besides all these, between us and you, there's a great God faced. faced, So that those who want to pass from here to you cannot come. There cannot be transit. We can't exchange positions. You know, it's not (laughs) judgment day and time with God. It's not like uh, going to a function as a poor person and going to a function as a rich person. You know, when you go to a function as a rich person and there's a lot of segregation in the place, even in some churches, when they come, you come, they size you up and look at you and you can give some kind of money. They give you front row. You may have three girlfriends. It doesn't matter. They will give you front row. Men can do that. But in heaven, that's not done. So there's a great gap fix between us so that you can pass. It's not you may not be able. You cannot. Nor can those from there pass to us. And he said, I beg therefore, Father, that He will send him to my father's house. <laughs> rich man who never begged. Lazarus who always begged was not begging. The rich man who never begged was now who in at the beg. Then he said, I have five brothers that he may testify to them that they, may, they also come. Lest they also come to this place of torment. Verse 28, 29. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. That's why you are hearing me today. That's why God has sent me with this message to you today. Because when you die, you won't get anybody of my kind speak to you. It would have been over and done with. He said, no. Father Abraham. But if one goes to, the de- to them from the dead, they will repent. Those who really believe, you know there are a lot of people who like to circulate testimonies of people who said they died, they came back to life. I, I, I When you get one, don't send it to me. I'm really not interested in it. It sometimes actually annoys me because anybody can just sleep and eat and eat and start seeing things. Now, now listen, it's, it's, just, it's just, if you want to know the prop, you see, if you want to know a proper picture, some of them, they didn't even see anything. They just read the book of Revelations and then they twist it and come and tell you. It's... All of them are in the Bible. If you want to be sure of what God says about death or life, please concentrate here. Don't be sick. All of a sudden, it makes people, it puts fear in people, makes them holy for one week. Then afterwards, they go back. It's fake. it's fake. Don't send it to me. He said, but if they would not hear the prophets, neither would they be persuaded. Though one rose from the dead. Am I communicating here? He said they will not be convinced. Even if someone left here. From there to communicate to them. It's important we think about that. Because it's an opportunity all of us have. The subject of my teaching in the next couple of minutes. Is going to be maximizing the opportunity to die. Maximizing. Somebody say maximizing. Maximizing, maximizing the opportunity to die. Massimizing the opportunity to die. Death can either be for you gain or a major loss. Death can be a major loss. Not only for you, but for your family. And death can also be a major gain for you. For you, death can be a plus. I like it when Apostle Paul was speaking. He said, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. So death is not always a loss. Death sometimes can be a great loss. Death is an opportunity. Apostle Paul was speaking, he said, I I want to go and be with God, which is far better. And honestly, if you ask me, I want to go and be with God. There are too many problems on this earth. I'm telling you. Too many! Too many. Too many. For you to want to spend your life here, like the Joe Witty people believe, marking people's house, I don't know what is wrong with them. You want to spend your life with ISIS on earth? With Boko Haram on earth? No, no, no. There's a place where there's neither weeping or sorrowing. Am I communicating at all? No. So There's a place in the beyond. Notice. Far better. Far better. Which we should be desiring and be yearning for. Five important things I want you to note about the opportunity to die. Five important things. Number one is a universal opportunity. Somebody say universal opportunity. I want you to be able to live your life differently than next six months god is giving you from today and particularly the rest of your life and once you make a commitment to follow some of the things i'll be sharing with you you will see that the remainder of this year shall also be the best for you can you give me an amen? amen it's a universal opportunity hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 the bible says just as it is appointed for all men to once die. All men. Somebody say all men. All, all men. men means all men. It's appointed unto all men everywhere. Rich or poor. Lazarus died as a poor man. The rich man died as a very rich man. The illiterate die. The illiterate dies. The poor dies and the rich dies. The scholarly dies and the unlearned dies. The lofty and high in society, like Parkway, see, they die. And then, very, very poor people who nobody knows. The number of hours the radio station is spent talking about it. There are people who die and no radio station knows. Am I communicating here? Nobody knows. But their death is not different from that of his own. Lazarus died and the poor died. The, the rich man died. So it's a universal. It, it's something that levels everybody. No matter who you are. The doctor and the patient, they all die. And they put them in the same feet. Six feet down. Everybody. If they are not ready to bury you. By all means, one of two things will happen. They embalm you or they keep you in a freezer. And by the time you come out, you are certainly not the same person they put you in a casket, make you up, do everything, and you are not looking like you were before. Am I communicating here at all? It's important we appreciate that it's a universal. Nobody can escape it. To live life on earth and think you can escape death (laughs) is simply inevitable. Because it's a way God uses us, uses it to usher us into the next phase of life. Number two, it's a universal opportunity. One, it's, number two, is. A one-time opportunity. Somebody say one-time. I've told you that opportunities, they say come but once. Not all of them. If you are a child of God, it's not every opportunity that, is, that comes your way once. There are opportunities that God can give you again. But when it comes to the opportunity to die, it comes but once. Once is appointed to man to die once. And after death, there is judgment. That's why Ben Iissael wrote the song, this just song. you said, "You just have one life to live. So remember your Creator while you are, but don't act as if you can die a thousand times. People only die a thousand times in movies. I'm yeah. not Schwarzenegger Terminator. Mm. Then he comes that's in movies. But in real life, you die once. Somebody said, "I die once. It's a Unto every man except is a robot to die once after death, judgment. Judgment number three, the third father of our opportunity is that it's one of the one of two gateways to eternity, either in heaven or hell. Death is one of two gateways. Somebody say, one of two gateways. There are two main ways we transit from earth to glory, we transit from time into eternity major ways. One is through death and the second is through the rapture. For everyone on earth, you are either joining eternity through death or through the rapture. In the book of second, first Thessalonians, we are told that those who die in the law, they shall resurrect and those who who are living and alive, when God comes, they will be caught up with him. So, if you must leave this planet and move on to the other side of our lives, then it's important we appreciate that death is a gateway. It's a gateway. Somebody say it's a gateway. One of the reggae stars sang a song, he said, everybody wants to, everybody wants to go to heaven, but no one wants to die. None of them. None of them, I think, still or so. None of them, either still Paul's or P- I think Peter Tosh. <laughs> yeah, Peter Tos. Peter Tos. My reggae, former reggae guys, you know it. Yeah. I, I used to deal with drugs and all kinds of things. So I know what's up. Yeah. I know you, you guys were not safe. <laughs> you have always been like this. But I used to be something else. Peter Toys said, everyone wants to go to heaven. But nobody wants to die. So death is a transit. It's a transit. Number four, the third fact we need to know about opportunity to die is a major gain. It can be a major gain or a major loss. Somebody say a major gain gain. and a major loss. When Lazarus died, I mean looking at his condition, a poor man surrounded with all kinds of souls, beggar, when he died, Not knowing chariots of angels were awaiting to carry him. Put him in Abraham's bosom. A wonderful and amazing welcome welcome ceremony was waiting for him. And he didn't even know. So for him, when he died, I like, ah! So all of this has been waiting for me and I was living wasting my time. Thank God it has come at last. But for the rich man, when he died, yeah, 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 yeah. Regret began. If I had known. If somebody else had told me, Hadda. If I knew it was like this. Somebody said, "Had I know it's always at last. Praise God. It can be a major loss and a major gain. Philippians 1, 25 to 24. Philippians 1, 21 to 25. He said, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet, what shall I choose? Maybe we should do the New King James, please. New King James. New King James. He said, if I live in the fle- on the flesh, what mean fruit from my labor? Yet, what I shall choose, I cannot tell. Paul was not sure wh- what he wanted to choose, whether to die or to go. Then he says, I am hard pressed between the two. Having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far, which is far, which is far. So, for someone, death is far better. But for another one, like the rich guy, death was far worse than anything you know. He says, verse 24, Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. Verse 25, he said, and being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you for all your progress and joy of faith. Death will not be a major loss for you. I said death will not be a major loss for you. Can you give me an amen here? Number five, the opportunity to die can only be maximized while you are alive. It can be maximized while you are what? It can be maximized while you are alive. It can be maximized while you are alive. Today, as you are hearing my voice, you can maximize that opportunity. You can maximize your opportunity to die. It can only be maximized while you are alive. Every time I read the story of Lazarus and this rich man, it, it intrigues me how this man's attitude and whole perspective changed All of a sudden, he began to beg for mercy. He said, I beg you, have mercy on me and let him go and bring, dip his hands in water and uh, dip it, his finger in water and bring it on my tongue. He was begging, seeking to change something he could not change in his lifetime. Again, we see how this man, all of a sudden, he wanted to maximize that opportunity. He never won a soul. No matter the number of outreaches that were done, he will not go. He will never talk to his colleagues about Christ, his family members about Christ, never spoke to anyone about Christ. But when he died, he wanted to appoint himself an evangelist from death. Like I was telling you, there are many people who circulate these videos and they themselves, they are not even right. Neither are they even communicating to people about the gospel. Rather than share these videos to frighten people, talk to them that Jesus loves them. And he wants to save them and have a relationship with them. I'm not communicating to you. It can only be maximized while you are alive. The moment you die, it's over. You can't do anything. Nothing. 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 How then can we maximize the opportunity to die? How can you maximize your opportunity to die? Number one, if you are going to maximize your opportunity to die, and of course, you, you need to understand that. That is possible, but it's a choice. Somebody say it's a choice. If you are going to maximize your opportunity to die, you must make a choice to die in the Lord. Somebody say die in the Lord. Say die in the Lord. Look at what the Bible says. Revelations 14, 13. He said, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. I like it. He said, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. So there are people who die but not in the Lord. There are two kinds of people who die. Those who die in the Lord. Those who die outside the Lord. Blessed are those who die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the spirit, they may rest from their labors. And their works do follow them. When those who die in the Lord, they die, it's time of rest. When you die, will it be a time of rest? Or a time of unrest? When you die, if you should go today, if you should go like the man who went to a gym. Just to try and stay alive only to return as a cause. If that happened to you, will it be for rest or for unrest? He said, those who die in the Lord, they rest from their labors and their works follow them. When you die, what kind of works will follow you? What are the works that will follow you to eternity? If you are going to maximize the opportunity to die, it's important you appreciate that you have to die in the Lord. What does it mean to die in the Lord? To die in the Lord means to put your faith in Christ. To make him your Lord and Savior before you die. That's what it means to die in the Lord. To die in the Lord is to make a quality choice to live for God in your lifetime. Am I complicating here? When you live for God in your lifetime, then you can die and it will be maximized. Paul said, for me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. But when you, for you to live is beer, For you to live is women. For you to live is sin. For you to live is stealing. When you die, I bet you it can never be gain. Paul said, for me to live is Christ. For me to live is to honor God. For me to live is to advance God's cause. And to die is gain. May death be for you gain. Amen. I said, may death be for you gain. For some of us, for us to live is money. Monday to Friday, you are so busy that you don't have time for God, for church, nothing. All you care about, you yourself. Living a good heritage, sorry, and a legacy for your family, you call it. The greatest legacy you can leave for your children. And for everyone around you is the legacy of faith in Christ Jesus. Am I communicating here? The Bible said the blessed man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. First Thessalonians 4 verse 16. 1 Thessalonians 4 16. He says, the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Somebody said the dead in Christ. Dead in Christ. Uh, so dying in Christ is different from dying outside Christ. And mind you, before your religious mind deceive you, be dying in church does not mean you are dead in Christ. You can die, we'll have a nice burial service for you, whatever. But <laughs> It won't change your destination if you didn't know God. Am I communicating here at all? It's all important. It won't change it. Don't there are some people, they go to church. Their primary objective for being in church for honoring God faithfully with tithe and everything. In fact, there are some churches where they tell you that if you don't tithe, when you die, we won't bury you. There are some churches. Some of our traditional churches. It's part of it. You have to tithe. And they threaten people with those things so that they will tithe. But when we say, if you don't tithe, you're, you're, the devourer will curse you. You say we are threatening you. Somebody said you won't bury you. I'm not communicating here. But it's important. I have always jokingly said if you if I die you don't bury me, you will have problem. In fact, one of the least problems of a dead person is whether you bury him or not. Because it's a liability on you. How do you live in a home with one dead? It's only in Beni uh, Dahomey, where I once slept in a in a house where they had corpses all over. Benin Republic. Amazing things slept that night i couldn't sleep <laughs> my eyes went <laughs> so well we i was going to nigeria for the very first time in my life and we we didn't know much on the road so we were driving to myself and one of my other brothers in the u.s driving to a place we've never been before they didn't know they would stop us engage us extensively on the road by the time we got to uh, Dahomey, what it was very late in the night didn't know anybody. didn't have much money because they had siphoned our money from the borders. Between Benin and uh, Togo uh, af- after uh, Togo border and then uh, Togo-Benin border. They collected the money. So we were wondering how we answer Nigerians when we entered the semi-border. So we could not imagine ourselves in a hotel. So we wanted to find a place and go and rest. And after roaming and roaming, I decided to host us took us to his home. And we didn't know we were to lie side by side. Corpses. Am I communicating here? What I want you to know, dying in church is different. There are a lot of people who have their names on a church's roster. Thank God. We encourage you clocking. Make sure your attendance is great. <laughs> but the most important place to make sure that your name is registered is up there. Praise God. That's where it matters more. Because that's where the final decisions, the final adjudicator will be made. I'm not communicating here. It's so important. The Bible said, with the Lord command and with the shout of chief angel and the blast of God's tr- trumpet, the Lord will return from heaven. In Christ before they die, will be raised to life. The whole essence of this service is to bring it to a place where you can put your faith in Christ for sure. You've been playing church for a long time. God is calling you into a relationship with himself. So, number one, die in the Lord. If you are going to maximize it. Number two, if you are going to maximize the opportunity to die, you have to die ready for a good judgment from the Lord. Ready. Somebody say die. Die. Ready for a good judgment. (laughs) Say die. Die. Ready for a good judgment from the Lord. The Bible says, when everyone dies. Hebrews 9. Is appointed unto every man to die once, and after judgment, everybody. Again, I like it when the Bible says in Second Corinthians chapter five, verse ten. Therefore, we must. I like that context. It said, "For we must all appear." Second Corinthians chapter five, verse ten. For we must. It's not uh, we shall or we may. We must. Somebody say, "We must." We must all. Rich, small, poor, great we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to, uh, may, may receive the things done in his body according to that which he had done. Whether it be good or bad, we must. Somebody say we must. Every one of us, a day is coming, a day of accountability is coming. Where we will all assemble before the judge of all the earth. And one after the other, pastor or church member, singer or intercessor, usher or whatever you are, we must all appear before the judgment. And one after the other, we shall be judged. Are you ready for it? Revelation chapter 20 verse 12 all the way to 15. Small and great. Small and what? Small and what? Stand before God. And the books were open. Listen, books are going to be open someday. Now, there are things we're doing in secret, nobody knows, but God knows them. And the books are being documented. The things you do in secret, the things you do in the open, they are always being documented daily. A write up is going on about your life, whether you are aware or not. He said the books will be open, and the books were open. And another book was opened. Which was the book of life? The books of tithe records will be open. The book of faithful attendance to church will be open. The book of whether or not you serve in church, you, give, you use your gift to do something in church will be open. All of these books, another book will be open. Which is the book of life? And the dead will be judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their. Uh, According to their, uh, according to their, uh, I don't mean to make you start this uh, half of the year on this note, but you all agree that we want to be wise. Solomon says that wise people think about death. Verse 14, and death and hell, verse 14, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. So death and hell. That's why when death is cast into the lake of fire, it means that those who need it cannot have it. That's why when you enter into the lake of fire, you can never die. The Bible said men never die there. People wonder. They say, ah, how can you say that there's a fire that never burns? Because see, when fire is burning you now, the reason why you can die is because death is around. But on the other side, death will be cast. It will be banished. It will be immobilized. It will be rendered powerless. So death himself will be paying dearly for himself. So he he won't be available to aid anybody who wants to die. Because the torture and the pain of hell. You can only free yourself when you die. And this time you are not dying. All of us. So it's not anybody who dies. You are not dying. You are actually transiting. You are actually moving on to a life of peace or a life of hurt, sorrows, and pains. May death be for you a blessing. The Bible said, and whosoever, verse 15. Now, go back to 14 for me. I picked something there. 14. He said, and death and hell were cast. This is the second death. Look at verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast Into the lake of fire. Whosoever. Whosoever. He said, I saw the dead. You know, when you don't have a relationship with God, you are alive physically, but spiritually you are dead. Number three. Die as Your name is written in the book of life. You must die with assurance. Enterprise assurance. You must die with assurance. There are some people, you meet them on the street. Brother, if you die today, will you go to heaven or not? Say, I don't know. Listen, you are the reason for the service. You must know if you sat in a plane and the pilot told you, oh, say, I don't know. <laughs> Immediately, you will tell him, don't touch yet. I want to get down. I've forgotten something very important. I want to go and give it back. Why? You don't know? That would be such a risk. So, to be getting yourself ready for death, that is unending to a destination, and you don't know what is in stock for you. That's risky. The Bible says, Whosoever whose name was not written in the book of life, how will I know? You can know. And, and there are some people, ah. No, as for heaven, there only God can decide. Really? God doesn't decide that. That would be wicked on his part. 30, verse 19, it tells us who decides death, not God. God never decided that for anybody. Everybody decides that for himself. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. He said, I have set before thee life and death. Blessing and cursing. Can you see that? I call heaven and earth to record against you this day. That I have set before thee life and death. Blessing and cursing. Choose life that thou and thy seed may live. So God doesn't choose it. You choose it. And you can choose it today. All you need to do is to open up your heart to him and say, Lord, I now know that I am my Lord. And I'm ready to hear that. Die assuredly that your name is written in the book of life. Number four. How do you maximize your opportunity to die? Die with rewards awaiting you in heaven. Die with rewards. Somebody say die with rewards. Say die with rewards. That's a good way to die. If all you live for are your houses in Paraku Estate, your house in uh, Trasaco, your house in uh, a nice place I visited last night. What's the name of the place? Hilltop. is a, a, a nice house in one of those places. Or let's say a holiday special spot in Beverly Hills in the US, California. All you live for are properties scattered across. If all you live for is unlimited amount of dollars stuck away in forex accounts across the nations of the earth. Then I'm telling you, when you die, look at what Apostle Paul said. And I love this general of God. Apostle Paul was speaking in 2 Timothy 4. He said, for I am ready to be offered. The word offered means I'm ready to die. I'm ready to be offered in the time of my departure. To where? We've told you, death is departure from the flesh into eternity. So, the time of my departure from this tabernacle into the realms of glory, that time is now. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have, go to verse 7. I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. I have finished my course. Fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Now look at verse 8. He said, now there is laid up for me. There is laid up. Would there be something laid up for you? I don't mean to demand an answer from you. Answer it between you and God. What will be laid up for you when you die? The way you've occupied yourself with nothing but A crazy chase after money, that you don't even have time for anything that will advance the cause of Christ and the cause of humanity. Everybody you see, you want to take advantage of them. It's about what you can get from them, not how you can help them. Everybody, when you die, will there be something laid out for you? Will there be something? Will there be something? What will be laid out for you? God has given you so much wealth. People are going to hell. You can be used to advance the gospel. But you rather spend it like the way Guinness was sponsor uh, uh, wrong stuff. Spend it on useless stuff. Tithing is difficult for you. In fact, when they mention it, you get annoyed. In spite of your wealth, very 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 poor people are giving God one Ghana C D tithe. You could give one thousand, but you insult pastors who talk about tithe because you want to really leave a legacy for your children. Hey. <laughs> He will be disappointed. He said, no, there is out for me a crown of righteousness. <laughs> which the Lord, I like this. He said, which the Lord, the righteous judge. God is a righteous judge. The righteous judge shall give me on that day. Paul was happy. That's why he said, for me to die is gay. When he was about to die, he was not crying for himself. Paul was ready to go. He said, the righteous judge shall give me on that day. And not to me only, but anybody who will walk like I walk with God. Not to me only. So, if you are going to maximize, die with rewards awaiting you on your arrival. May there be great rewards awaiting you on your arrival. Number four. Sorry, number five. Die having labored and done good works for the Lord. Die. Uh, don't, Don't take good works out of context and. Move out of this place and go and start pursuing good works. Because some of you are already doing good works. There are some orphans you are taking care of. In some school is good. <laughs> but if you don't know Jesus, it will not uh, change your position. You and that orphan, if they were not born again, you will all be celebrating here. Am I communicating here? It's very important. God will not take an orphan to heaven because he was an orphan. <laughs> if you do that, you will not be a righteous judge. I have been labored and done good works for the Lord. When we are on earth, there are many things we do. There are things we do for ourselves. There are things we do for our family. There are things we do for God. And there are people who never do anything for God. They don't do anything. They can be in a church like this. They have certain giftings that can be used. No. Their money. No. Their time. No. They are just there. Occupying space. Matter. That's all they are. The Bible says, blessed are those who die in the Lord. Revelation 4, 13. Blessed are those who die in the Lord. And they shall rest from their labors and their works follow them. They rest because they labored. They labored, so they have to rest. If you have not labored, why are you resting? They rest from their labor because they labored. You are busy with everything except reaching out to the lost. We'll announce evangelism several times. No, no, no. Every time it has come up, you have a crucial meeting. Continue your crucial meetings. Every time you make up your mind to join the choir, oh, they've added new responsibility to me in the office. Continue. Every time you want to make a commitment to consistently work with God, be in church Sunday after church Sunday, they give you new appointments. They keep on changing your work schedule. The Bible said, Blessed are those who die in the law and they will rest from their labor and their works. Follow them. What works will follow you? It's not your work in ADBU. It's not your work with Unibank. It's not your work with Crop Research, Dr. Asante. As great as it is, that work will not follow you. If it could follow you, too many people will not be employed. When you die, you leave it so that another person can be employed. Am I communicating? Yeah. So it won't follow you, but there are works that follow you works follow you so when you die before you die you must be sure that there are some works that will be credited to your account don't just go there and just as i am i have come listen just as you've come they will throw you away listen it's not it that you don't go there and back die having done good works the bible says nothing we do for god will ever be in vain first corinthians chapter 15 verse 58 1 Corinthians, he said, And therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the law. In the book of Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10, he says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work. Hebrews 16, God is not unrighteous to forget your work and your labor of love, which you have showed toward his name. In that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Apostle Paul. When he was saying, Now is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. He had labored. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse he said, by the grace of God I am what I am. And the grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. He said, I labored more abundantly than they. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. He labored for God. Now some people, people sometimes even mock them. Why have you taking this church? Every time you are in church, every time it's not for fun. It's a wise decision you have actually made. Am I communicating here? He said, "I labored more abundantly, yet not I, but the grace of God." That was. In fact, there were people who were doubting and challenging his apostolic status at the point, and he started talking to them why he is an apostle, and listen to what he had to say. Second Corinthians chapter eleven, verse twenty-two to twenty-three. was talking about why he, Paul, was an apostle. He said all of these guys who are debating me foolishly, let me tell you something. If we are to talk really, if they are Israelite, I am, so am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Now look at verse 23. Are they ministers? I speak as a fool. I am more. That means I am a better minister than them. He said, why am I a minister of Christ in more? That's why he could die and say, now there is laid out for me a crown of righteousness. Some of you, you have children, babies, so you can't have time to do the things of God. Your husband is involved and you are always fighting him. When you get there, they will be asking you, what works will follow you? I don't know, there will be a meeting, meeting. Listen, if you knew that whatever he was doing was covering you, your attitude would be different. Am I communicating here? He said, their works follow them. The rest from their labor, their works follow them. As I close, if you must maximize death, the opportunity to die. And I want to plead with you and appeal to your conscience. Appeal to your heart that the greatest opportunity and the greatest opportunity that you actually must maximize is the opportunity to die. If you must maximize this opportunity, then you must die in order to live forever. Die to live forever. Somebody say die to live forever. Die Die in order to live forever. Number six. If you must maximize your opportunity to die, you must die in order to live forever. Beloved, death is not the end. Life on earth does not end in in, in death. It actually begins. Life, real life, begins after death. The book of Luke, chapter 20. It's my last test. And I'll close the service. Verse 20 says, Then he came to then came to him certain of the Sadducees which denying that there is any resurrection, and they ask. Saying, Master, what Moses wrote unto us, if any brother, if any man's brother died having a wife, and he died without children that his brother should take his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. There were therefore seven brethren. brethren. And the first took a wife and died without children. And the second took her to wife and he died childless. And the third took her. And in like manner the seven also. And they left no children and died. Then he said, last of all, the woman also died. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife of them is she? For the seven had her to wife. Then Jesus answering said unto them, The children of this world marry and are given in marriage. But they shall be accounted worthy to obtain the world and the resurrection from the dead. Neither marry, nor are, neither marry, neither nor are given in marriage. 636 six. That's six. Neither can they what die. Can you see that? Neither can they die. Neither can they die. So you can die, but when you resurrect, will you die again? And when you don't die again after you have resurrected, where will you be? Hell or heaven? That's the question. That's the important question. you, God, you are not dying again. The only time you are going to die. That's what the Bible says. It's appointed to every man to die once. You don't die twice. Every one of us, we are destined to die once. So, when we die in the Lord, we have an opportunity to live forever. When we die outside Christ, we have an opportunity to live forever without God. And that place is hell. 1 Thessalonians four sixteen and 17. He said, the New Living Translation. For the Lord himself will come down. Verse 16 and 17, please. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout. Yeah? And with trumpet first the Christians who died will rise from the gr- their graves. Verse 17. Then together with them we who are still alive and remain on earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord. There we will forever be with the Lord. Do you want to be with the Lord forever? Or you want to be without the Lord forever? It's a choice you can make. And it's a choice God has given you an opportunity. Brought you into this service essentially to help you make that choice. And in this moment, as every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you are here and you know from the very depth of your heart. That you don't have this kind of relationship. That gives you assurance that you have eternal life. You don't have this kind of relationship. That gives you assurance that if you die, you have eternal place with God. You want to say, Pastor? Today, I refuse to pretend. I refuse to be intimidated by people who thought that I had the relationship. I want to come into this relationship genuinely. Wherever you are seated, without being ashamed, lift up your hands. I want to pray with you. Lift up your hands without being ashamed. Please lift up your hands. And I will even encourage you, stand on your feet. This is a very important. Please stand on your feet. I can see your hands. Stand on your feet. I will put prayer with you. It's the most important decision any man can lead. Please stand on your feet. Unashamedly. The Spirit of God convicts me that there are more people seated who should be standing. This is your finest opportunity. After I have dropped this mic, it may be my last. It could be your last. If it is, where will you spend eternity? Are you secured enough? now? Are you guaranteed a place with God? In this service. With openness and honesty. You want to stand on your feet. Let me make this prayer with you. I want you to change positions. Because you can change it. And you can change it only in this time. You can only change it while you are alive. You are here. I'm making the last call. It's just like a plane about to take off. And the last flight call is being made. You are here. And you know that you are just playing checks. You don't have a relationship with God. That secures you and gives you the peace of mind. That you have a place with him in eternity. Lift up your hands. Stand on your feet. Let me pray with you. Stand on your feet. Let me pray with you. Stand on your feet. For those of you standing, I want you to say this after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this blessed opportunity. Today, I openly and publicly confess you as my Lord and my Savior. I believe you died for me and you rose again for my redemption. Thank you, Father, for saving me. Thank you for giving me grace to live for you. Thank you that from today, I know without a shadow of doubt, but the witness of your spirit, name is captured in the book of life. Thank you, Father, to live for you and to live eternally with you. Lord, I thank you for these brethren and sisters. Thank you, Lord, for this great decision they made. I pray the Lord, beginning from today, to grant them the grace to live for you and to serve you the rest of their lives. Thank you, Father, for grace imparted as such in Jesus' precious name. All of you, please be seated. Everybody close your eyes still. Those of you who just prayed that prayer after the service we want to meet you so please don't be in a hurry we want to meet you and share important thoughts that can help you walk through and walk with God truly and truly now maybe you're also here, you're you also hear you are basalizing you made a commitment to the Lord but now you are basalizing and you want to say pastor I want to reconnect to God I want to make a rededication of my life to God if you are here like that lift up your hands let me pray with you you want to rededicate your life to God you want to rededicate your life. Please don't, don't feel ashamed. Lift up your hands. I want to pray with you. Say this after me, Lord Jesus. Today, I thank you for the opportunity to hear about the agency of the times. I rededicate my life to you. Take my life, Lord, and let it be henceforth consecrated to you. Thank you, Father. That from henceforth, I will live a life devoted and consecrated to you. I honor you and I bless you for it. Father, thank you for these ones. Thank you, Lord. For those who have rededicated their lives to you today, I pray the Lord. Let today mark a new beginning for them. Thank you for changes. Thank you for grace to walk and to live for you. I bless you for their lives in Jesus' precious name. Now for those of you also... After the service you also be met but you will be separated from the others. Amen. Now for you, put your hand on your heart and ask God to give you grace. Some of you are saved but you are just laboring for yourself. Some of you are saved but you are not helping others to connect with the Lord. Make that prayer and say, Lord, help me, Lord, to to labor for you. Help me to labor for you. Help me to labor for you. So that I will access crowns in eternity. So that I can access crowns in eternity. I give you praise. I give you glory. In Jesus precious name. In Jesus precious name. Amen. Father we honor and we bless you today. We give you all the praise and the glory. Thank you Lord. For your word God for. Thank you that you watch over it and bring it to pass. Thank you Lord for grace. That has been imparted and released upon us all. To live for you. To honor you and to please you. I give you all the glory. I give you all the praise. In Jesus' precious name, amen. One word,
0: one word, can heal any disease. Pastor Afuaqua has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of other messages as well as books by Pastor Afuaqua, please call 20 Nine zero or zero two seven four two two five seven nine zero or email us at. Chapel at yahoo.com Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook and Twitter. You can also visit our website www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our two English services, 6.30 to 8 a.m. fair service, 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. second service and on Tuesdays for our word Encounter service 6 to 8 p.m. at our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanaama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station Santa Seranabout Kumase, Ghana. God richly bless you. In one word. One word.